0: Welcome into Attacking Third, our 2023 Women's World Cup final recap. Spain are the champions of this year's World Cup. It is the fifth new nation to win the Women's World Cup. They defeat England to a score of 1 0 in this final. It heads into a bit of added time, but no extra time. They do it in regulation. Thanks for joining us alongside Sandra Herrera and Jordan Angeli. I'm Lisa Carlin. What a final to me, the two best teams that made it into this World Cup final at the end of it all and the best team winning it, Spain lifting the cup at the end of it. I want initial reactions from you, Jordan and Sandra. Sandra, what did you think of this final in the hundred and what, 13 or the 112 (laughs) minutes we got to see of it?
1: I'll take it from here. Yeah, Jordan, what are you thinking? I feel like it has been incredible. And this was the exactly what we expected from Spain. They came out and they played a beautiful brand of football, controlling the pace of the game, controlling the ball, progressing it through the lines with different combinations and overloads and individual brilliance. It felt like England couldn't find their footing in this game, unfortunately. But... I think Spain has been the best team throughout the the tournament and we're going to go back to that because they also lost four to nothing in a game in the group stage and yet they adapted so well and found a way to get their their feet back on the ground and to put on a show in the knockout stage and that's all that matters. You got to win games and progress. It was a brilliant final and I think the best team won.
2: Yeah, I'm with Jordan. I I just thought it I just thought it delivered. You're asking like thoughts, mm-hmm. like when that 113th minute hit, it just, it gave us a bit of everything. You know, there was some moments of high drama, the two best teams going head to head and really all the build buildup to, to this moment throughout this world cup. We've talked about it before the tournament started and we're just going to mention it again. I'm sure throughout this, this episode that, this really was this. This was the best World Cup that we've had to date. Most competitive, most fun. I think you know, and um, this was a final that absolutely kind of delivered on all that.
0: It was. I mean, thirty-two teams to start at all the nations that went into this, and and Spain were a favorite at the start of this tournament to some extent, despite missing um, over a dozen players to this World Cup roster due to. Uh, issues with the Federation and, and the coaching staff, and ultimately they're able to do it. They win the U-17 World Cup, the U-20 World Cup, and now they lift this Women's World Cup trophy for the very first time. I want to talk about some individual players, though, with both of you, because there was some controversy heading into this final about who would start, specifically on the Spanish side of the game. Selma uh, Paruelo in the front line for Spain. She gets the nod. She didn't start the last two games. She came off the bends, scored the goal. Was she going to start? What about Alexia We didn't see her until uh, over the 80-minute mark in this game, towards the very end of the game. Uh, Do you agree with the decision to start
1: Paraguelo at Jordan? Yes. I actually think it was really smart tactically. I thought going into this game, Esther Gonzalez had a really good World Cup. They probably would use her as the nine to, to be that link player, to hold the ball up. But as I saw Spain attack England, and what they did, they said, Parayuelo is so good at running in behind. We are going to utilize that early on and make sure Carter, Bright, and Greenwood know that there's a threat from us beyond the back line. It was brilliant. And something that we saw her come in as a nine late in halves in the last game, she came in as a nine, the first time we had seen her play that um, in that position. But wow, I I think it was tactically genius and not to bring Puteas in, until late in the game. I actually think fit, and, and you wanted to give her that moment for what she's been for the Spanish side, what she's been for world football on the women's side to get her into the World Cup final. It needed to happen. But I think the timing of that was also right.
2: Yeah, I just think that, um, I'll, I'll be frank, I, I didn't know if, if Vilda and the coaching staff were going to have it in them to go ahead and make that adjustment and say, you know what, we're, we're going to start her instead of have this player come off of the bench. That's a tough position to be in. I think going into a final, knowing that you've had a player who has had to play this specific role for your team off the bench, they've come into the game. They've been that, that game changer. They have provided that X factor late in second half. We're talking two consecutive knockout rounds okay. where this player provides the breakthrough for your team. Do you mess with that? a bit going into the final and it was enough. It was enough for them to say, she's doing this off the bench.
0: Let's give her 90 minutes to build. And it was, it was a gamble, but it was one that paid off. It definitely worked to start the teenager, 19 years old. That's the first teenager to get a start in the World Cup final since 1999. Let's talk about the other side, because England, in their starting lineup, they made zero changes despite having Lauren James back available on the bench. She was suspended the last two matches for the Lionesses due to a red card suspension. And Serena Vigman does not start James. Instead, it's the exact same starting lineup in the exact same formation to start the match. Sandra, did you expect to see Lauren James? earlier in
2: this game no i you know look i think when we were doing our, our preview on on the network the other day i think i you all asked me and I, and i just sort of felt that with the momentum that the lioness has had going into this game despite serena Wigan being the what we all agreed to the best manager during this tournament i didn't think that that was going to change going into this final which is again another one of those moments where you wonder we're gonna look back and say is that maybe the tactical adjustment where they missed out on and lost out on, but you have to take a look at everything England was doing in the buildup to this final, the suspension to James, which kind of gives a forced adjustment. You go ahead and make that adjustment and Ella Toon delivered. So she didn't mess with that going into this final. So it's, um, you know, we're all reacting to it right now in real time. And you do have to wonder if maybe things would have been different if she started her. But I wasn't too surprised to to see that she didn't in the
0: beginning. Yeah, Lauren James, ultimately coming off the bench for England. Uh, But Spain, the champions, there's so much more to get into in this game. We're going to dive into the first half and the second half. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be right back after this quick break.
1: On May 23rd.
0: Welcome back to Attacking third. Spain are our 2023 Women's World Cup champions. They defeat the Lionesses 1-0. So much to dive into a first-half goal coming from the left back for Spain. Thanks for joining us alongside Sandra Herrera and Jordan Angeli. I'm Lisa Carlin. We have to talk about this first half, guys, because so much happened. It was a quick start. It was a wide-open game. And ultimately, the game winner coming in the 29th minute from Spain's left back, Olga Uh, Carmona on a transition play by Spain. But when this game first kicked off, Jordan, I'll go to you first. How were your initial impressions of the way that these two teams started the first half and this game?
1: It was very different than we typically see in a final. Usually it's very cagey. There's not a lot of space. There's a lot of turnovers. But it felt like to me that both teams fell into the game pretty easily. And there was some back and forth there, a lot of space to be played with, which kind of gave you an indication of what Spain was going to do. They weren't going to let England get at them in transition. Spain was very mindful of the space in behind them. And they made sure that if England got the ball, everything was in front of that back line. And that carried through the rest of the game. But it was quickly that Spain started to find their rhythm and that's pretty much the worst thing for an opponent is when Spain's in the rhythm and they have the ball because they can manipulate space. They can manipulate players off the ball through what they do in their rotations, in their player movement. It really is a thing of beauty and it was on display in this game here today, Sandra.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I'm with you, Jordan. I think when I was you know had to do some of my own previewing of the match, I that was my prediction that the game would maybe be a little tense, maybe be a little narrow to to kind of open up uh, this final because there's it's a World Cup final. You know, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't matter the outrageous form that you're in going into this this game. This is it was going to be a first time appearance for both of these teams. Maybe there was gonna be that little minute you know the 15 minute or so lull or um you know tense kind of you know individual battles that we would see but it kind of opened up pretty quickly and but I think that's something that's going to make this final so memorable the fact Mm -hmm. that these these players kind of just wanted to take it to each other right away but that absolutely played into Spain's favor we were all curious about what this ball possession was going to oh, look yeah. like. These are two teams that want to make things happen when they when they have the ball, when they're on the ball, they're going to want to keep that um, but to to allow Spain to kind of set that themselves up that early, I think kind of maybe pointed to how things were going to go.
0: Spain also got lucky. England had an opportunity. Lauren Hemp had a shot um, in the first 15 minutes or so off the crossbar, a chance for them. It was the game was so open yeah. in the transition play and what was able to happen. And at, by the end of the first half, England looked like they just wanted to close out the half. They looked tired. They were chasing all over the ball. Um, it, was, it was Spain's game at that point in the game. And I think getting the goal in the first 30 minutes set them up for success to be able to continue to
1: implement their game. Uh-huh. The, the goal really was uh, just a really good encapsulation of w- what Spain can do because they recognize space so well. It's Lucy Bronze who goes on this wild dribble as a right wing back Centrally, and she gets hounded. I think there's three or four Spain players around her. They win the ball back, and it's Bon Mati, or is it might be Abiera who gets the ball out of that. It is, it's, it is Aviera. Aviera who gets the she ball out of it. Jordan, she's always creating chances. She is. She takes a touch and she knows Lucy Bronze came from the right side. There is space over there. She doesn't even have to know if she has a player there because she, this Spain team trusts each other so much in recognizing where the space is from the opponent's movements. So right away, the ball goes there, and it is a beautifully timed overlap. The timing of Carmona getting in beyond uh, Pariuelo there is perfection. So then she can take a good first touch, strike it the way she wants to into the far post, It is exactly what Spain do. Their timing, their knowledge of the game, their knowledge of where the opponent is, where space can be exploited. The goal was a thing of beauty, and they did it to perfection in the way that they won the ball back as a unit, and then they went quickly. I'll go
0: the player that gets this goal, Sandra, is the one that also does it in the match before for Spain and then ultimately creates this space again. It's an unlikely hero in the left back. (laughs)
2: Yeah, a little bit. You know, speaking of backs, I think that's I think that's something else. A World Cup final kind of shows you it 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 can expose even even the best of the best. I, I, Lucy Bronze is probably gonna have nightmares mm-hmm. on on this moment. You just see it. Yes, it's it's absolutely a sequence where Spain capitalizes, pounces on the opportunity. But you know, there's a little bit of error and play that comes in, in into this moment as well that leads to that eventual goal. So I, I think you can sort of look at it, you know, from both sides. Like yes, like here's here's the error, here's the mistake. Capitalize on it, and that is what is going to separate teams in the end. When you when you capitalize on those mistakes, and then on the other side of it, I you, I just I just thought back into that moment of hearing Millie Bright in the lead up to this final saying we we got to have the game of our life, and then when you have a moment like that it just maybe kind of haunts you for for a little bit. And it's
1: funny because Spain was so much of the possession. It doesn't come through possession. It comes through quick transition, recognize the space, go score, win the game. Yep. and Even when Spain was in so much
0: possession, it, it looked some, like something straight from the training ground. All these quick little passes <laughs> yeah. in succession. It was so beautiful. It was so beautiful to watch them play. And they get up early in the 30th minute. The goal coming from Olga Carmona to send Spain into the halftime, leading 1-0 over England. Ultimately, they close out the game. They keep the shutout. They keep the win. Um a lot to unpack in this game we have our first world cup champion in spain there's so much more we're going to talk about players that impressed us the overall world cup that we talked about thanks so much for joining us we'll be right back after this to continue to break down spain as the 2023 women's world cup champions Spain are world champions. They lift the trophy and they do it without over a dozen of their star players and in dispute with their federation and their coach Sandra, how much does this win speak to the depth and the commitment of these players and and on the Spanish side?
2: It's historic, you know, in in a number of ways. Um, I think obviously there's going to be the, the celebratory aspect of it, which I think we're all basking in at the moment. And then you know, there's, there's going to be a moment where you kind of have to take a look at um, the bigger picture of it all. It, that was also on public display during this entire tournament. Um, players essentially finding success in spite of having the discourse with the Federation and um, disagreements, you know, with or around the, the coaching staff and their decisions. But you have to wonder if winning it all is going to give them a bit of that leverage moving forward sometimes that is the thing that has to be the indicator for change i mean we we look at just a previous cycle ago with the united states women's national team and and what kind of came out of that for them as they lifted up a a second consecutive uh, world cup and i think even as you take a look at some some of the scenes on on the pitch as they celebrated you have separate um, celebrations going on coaching staff on on one side players uh, on the other but I think it was it's evident now more than ever. I think now that we see them win it all and, and lift the cup that they were on the hunt for for something much bigger, I think, even than themselves. um I, I think there are players on this team, and let's be real, players at home who didn't um get named or placed on this roster or held out on this roster who who had that bigger picture uh, in mind, so it almost sort of feels like winning the cup is a very very big deal very historic moment for this team in this program but it almost sort of feels like there's an even bigger reward down the line that they're trying to get to here
1: Uh, yeah yeah go ahead jordan i was just gonna say i'm thinking about those those 12 at home and just yeah the feelings that they must be going through immense pride for their their teammates who they have Gone through the system with, and we can't we can't get through this whole segment and not talk about both England and Spain and what they have done recently to bolster up their their system. England yeah. has. I was just talking to Jill Lloyden, Uh She said they have seven full time goalkeeping coaches. So wow. you're seeing this team progress and and build from the youth up. Spain, what they've done, they're the first team ever to be a under seventeen, an under twenty, and a full. World Cup champion at the same time, there is investment in these these teams and it is showing at the highest level. But I think about those 12 who decided not to be a part of this and the mixed emotions they must feel right now and probably through the whole World Cup. But I also think goodness gracious, if those 12 players were here, it wouldn't have been, even been a contest. No, it wouldn't have even been a contest because you're telling me This Spain team who just put on a show would have had 12 players that could have potentially been starters in this squad. It's ridiculous to think about the talent that they've been able to build and develop over the years. So I hope that it does. It does bring light. Juan Carlos Almaros, the head coach of Gotham, said to me two days ago, this might be the light that the federation needs for people all over the country now to – unfortunately respect women's football, you know, that, that hasn't been there, but to say this isn't good enough, we have world cup champions and we need to make sure we're treating them the way that they should be treated. So we'll see if the changes are made, but. You know, it makes me happy for the players that they were able to come together as a unit and say, you know, we're winning this world cup for us, for our country. And hopefully some leverage
0: too, mm -hmm. right, going forward in the fight and and their ability to, to have, Um, more legs to stand on in the demands that they're asking of and and the resources and the equality that they want from uh, the Spanish Federation in this World Cup. Um, uh, Jordan, you mentioned the goalkeeping coaching for the English side. There was a lot of good coaching throughout this tournament for Serena Vigman um, and her entire staff in the second half. We see England roll out with a different formation. Mm -hmm. Mary Earps, the English goalkeeper, steps up, makes a penalty kick save against um, a Hermosa goal that, Probably should have found the back of the net in other circumstances if she hit it a little bit better. But England also missing big players due to injury. You look at Leah Williamson, Fran Kirby. What does this say about Serena Vigman and this English side and winning the Euros and then making it to this World Cup
1: final? This one's going to be hard for Serena Vigman, winning, losing Sorry, in two back to back World Cup finals, once with Netherlands and now with England. I don't think it is a reflection on her at all, because I, I I do think that though there were tactical things that could have gone different in this game, England had a really hard time figuring out how to press Spain when they, they built out of a three back. That was clear. You, they couldn't figure it out. And the Spain exposed them and found the space that then they left unoccupied. But Serena Wegman is still the best coach in the world right now. She has proven that. And I think if, what we've seen from her track record, if that shows anything Mm -hmm. is she is going to come back and she's going to figure out a way to be better the next time, because she already showed that from last world cup to this world cup. Um, So I think, I think her and that team are going to be really proud of how they navigated this tournament as a a collective unit.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Jordan on that. I I think, you know, there's, there's that other side of it too, right. Where um, full stop, women best coach out there in in the women's game but going for different international level finals two consecutive world cups and two losses coming out of that there's also there's going to be that other side of the coin that starts turning a little bit for other folks who are like oh well can't you get it done in the big game and when it counts and, and all that kind of you know all that kind of junk but um i think within within the the minutes and the lines of of this game i think there's also going to be those question marks of you know was that the right move a lot of that is talked wow. about with Wigman as well like her tactical adjustments and ability to to make those on on the fly and, and have players buy into that you know and perform pretty seamlessly i don't know if that actually came to fruition today i Russo was my player to watch in this game so maybe I'm a little bit biased I had to, to see her come out in the second half immediately I was kind of like oh this is definitely a choice here and 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 maybe there was something behind it where you want to have um, that kind of shocking shake up jar to the team a little bit. Maybe that was uh, part of making that adjustment, but I, I, it definitely threw me off a little bit. Sandra,
0: did you think England was going to come back into this during the second half? It, despite pulling Russo, Daly comes out as well, Chloe Kelly subs in, along with Lauren James, and there's a formation shift. Were there moments you thought England could equalize?
2: Oh, absolutely. And, and we see them play into this game, you know, over the course of, of, of the final. Um, it, it almost – and that's the other part of it too, right? Soccer is, is beautiful and cruel all at the same time. It, it gives you that moment where you're like, okay, any, any moment here, this team has found themselves playing into the game. They are in it. They've stolen stretches of the momentum back. Surely there's going to be an yeah. equalizer. And then it just doesn't happen.
1: But even to that point, like I feel – Wigman in the middle of the game goes back to a formation that this team feels very comfortable with goes to a four through three and they needed to, to get more pressure on the back line because the back line was just playing out with, without enough pressure in the first half, dominating the game. I thought England looked a lot, a lot better. I would say in the second half, I thought Kira Walsh got on the ball more, which she was non-existent in the first half. So you started seeing her ping the ball a little bit more so the adjustments were made there and I'm going to go back to the Vigman being and saying, yeah, she lost in two world cup finals back to back. Well, she's one of three coaches that has been in back to back, you know, that have been in those finals. And she won two, two euros in her last eight years. Yeah. So this is a coach who knows how to win and it, it's a little adjustment. Maybe you start in a four, three, three against a Spain squad. But again, Spain just outclassed. I, I think England, they had the right game plan. I think there has to be credit to the coaching staff and how they set Spain up. They knew how to play. They knew how to mitigate the midfield of England from the get go. They came in with a really clear p- plan, made some adjustments with Parayuelo starting and the speed she could add in behind. And their backline was great. I thought Paredes was amazing today as she'd been the whole world cup. Mm-hmm. Abbeyada in the six was great. Uh, and Jenny Hermoso for me was the player of the tournament. I thought she was excellent. Oh,
0: I like that. Sandra, player of the tournament, any shouts from you?
2: Yeah, I, lo- I love the, the shout for Edmoso. I mean, anytime a, a player who plays their club soccer, you got Mix Feminil. Uh, to be a player of the tournament, I think is excellent uh, for for the league and and for the world. Uh, but I think, look, we haven't really been able to touch on Bonmati too much. I mean, we got to yeah. see her really lift the golden ball at this moment—an outrageous stat where she failed to complete only two passes in this entire final. That's oh, an insane. Wow! Stat. Goodness,
1: I did not you know, hear that until right now.
2: Well, breaking news, I guess you know. So I just I saw that, and I'm just kind of like, yeah. A, course wow. at, and one, again at, at wow. the one side you're like um yeah that's just the typical day at the office but do it in the world cup final to do it at this level at this stage um we talked we've talked yeah. so much about uh, this team and their style of play and how they have utilized that throughout the duration of this tournament but you have to have a player sometimes yeah. pulling those strings and it was no doubt on
0: There's a lot of, yeah, big players that stepped up. Hermosa, I love the shouts. Paruelo making history. Her future is incredibly bright at the club level, international level. But Spain do it. They are world champions in the first ever 32-team Women's World Cup, the fifth new nation to lift the cup. Thank you so much for joining us. You can watch Attacking Third on Galazzo Network, Monday, Wednesday, and 5 at 4 o'clock. Spain have done it. Thanks for watching.